All right, awesome. We got Craig here. Okay, so um, hey there, and welcome everyone to another Spartan Space. Um, this is actually the second week in a row that we're going to uh, going to change things uh, around a little bit. Um, we're now on Discord um, instead of Twitter Spaces. That's not a regular thing. We're just doing this for the uh, presentation that Chainlink wants to do. Um, but yeah, we're we're here with the folks from Chainlink, which I'm I'm really happy about. They're here to do a bit of a presentation on their upcoming off-chain Oracle system and the designs behind it. Um, as you guys have definitely already heard, this is a key function for Perf V2. There's a lot of excitement around this, and I know I'm excited for the opportunity to um, greatly reduce fees for Perf V2. Um, we'll save some of the questions I have um, and community questions until the end. Um, and then for any questions that we put in gum call chat, let's just try to keep them uh, on topic to the topic of Chainlink's discussion. So thank you for that, guys. Um, and yeah, I'm going to pass it over to Roger and some of the folks from Chainlink to intro themselves, and then you guys can kick right into the presentation. Um, just so you guys know, any slides or anything that they use are just going to be shared directly in the GovCall chat, so you guys can just view them there. But uh, yeah, Roger, I'll give it over to you, and you know, love for you guys to intro yourselves and then kick right in. Yeah, thank you so much, Matt. Um, yeah, Roger here, um, you know, Director of Solutions Architecture at Chainlink Labs, been working with Synthetics for a really long time here. I'm joined on stage with uh, Kamal, our Chief uh, Product Officer, and Clement, who's the Product Manager for our new uh, low latency Oracle that we're developing. So uh, really happy that you guys have, uh, you know, given us some, some time to speak here and really appreciate everybody in the community coming out and, uh, you know, listening to the presentation. So I promise I won't uh, bore you to death or give you uh, you know, death by PowerPoint, but we will drop a few uh, slides in uh, for the GovCall chat. So um, if that, Clement, if you want to start by just uh, dropping the first one in there. And uh, go ahead and go to the, the next one where we'll just go over the agenda. Sounds good. And uh, quick quick sound check. Am I coming through loud and clear? Everybody hear me OK? Yep, loud and clear, Roger. Okay, perfect. All right, so as we can see from the agenda here, um, we're gonna cover, you know, just the problem of front running, not gonna be pedantic about this because I know you guys are, are well-versed in this. Um, and uh, obviously point out some of the things, I know that you guys need low latency oracles, but wanna kind of highlight some of the stuff that we see that's, you know, synthetics, you know, unique need for this and then, really highlight um, you know, Chainlink's ability to solve this problem for you guys, and then talk in more detail about our low latency oracles, and then go into the architecture and uh, you know, uh, end with some key considerations, and then we'll you know, go ahead and open the floor for some community questions there. So um, if you wanna go to the, pop the next slide in there, Clement. So obviously front running has plagued synthetics from the very beginning days. We worked with you when you guys were on Ethereum to you know, kind of fix this particular issue. There's, there's lots of workarounds for this. Unfortunately, one of the ones is increased trading fees so that you make the arbitrage opportunity um, just get collapsed into the fees so, so people won't do that. There's been um, other you know, kind of things that you could use like the the next price trade, but sometimes that is not as fast as people would like. So that's not the ideal user experience. And then there's other kinds of engineering workarounds that um, things like off-chain and on-chain circuit breakers, dynamic fees, you know, other things that have been implemented throughout the years to kind of, you know, 
continue inventing, uh, you know, better mousetrap and, you know, as you get better mice trying to, to do front running. So let's go ahead and um, move to the next slide there. So, so why does synthetics need low latency oracles? Well, obviously we, we talked about front running, but, you know, there's other potential types of arbitrage and MEV that we also want to eliminate. Um, so we want to mitigate the risks for these particular things because, you know, if, if people can come in and get, you know, risk-free trades, then that comes at the expense of the protocol and the, the SNX stakers, which is not good. But we also want to make sure that we ensure the security. We want to make sure that we have broad market coverage, we have reliable uptime, we have tamper resistance. You know, a lot of times people are like, hey, we want a price, but what they, they really ask for is they want a secure, tamper-resistant, non-manipulatable uh, price. So let's go ahead and hop to the next slide there. So this one has um, just some some kind of interesting numbers that might be be interesting that we kind of dug up for this. Um, so over the past three plus years that we've been you know partnering with Synthetics as as the Oracle provider, um, Synthetics protocols made over 11 million calls to price feeds, um, and we've built uh, 71 separate data feeds, some of which. We're on Ethereum, some were on Optimism, some were deprecated, but over the course of time, we've we've built 71 of those. And, uh, you know, we've we've had, you know, uh, the highest level of reliability as an Oracle provider, no incidents. We even, uh, you know, do some custom development for you guys. We, we helped build the uh, custom debt pool Oracle for uh, SIP-165, which allowed you guys to unify your, your debt pool across uh, both chains. And, um, you know, some other purpose-built feeds that we tuned for you guys for your parameters like Forex and commodities and things like that. And, you know, just to reiterate, you know, our sole purpose is to um, build infrastructure, you know, specifically in this instance, we're talking about Oracle infrastructure. That's our purpose. That's our, our mission. That's what gets us up in the morning. And, uh, you know, we're just hyper-focused on that. It sounds like a really simple thing. Oh, just what's the price for something? You know, but, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty details and actually engineering it, it is one of those things that is way harder than than one might uh, you know figure out at, at first blush, right? And so we're really hyper focused on that, preventing risk and exploitation. So protocols like yourselves can build this this DeFi ecosystem that we all really believe is a much better system than what we have uh, today. So supporting that infrastructure, doing that really hard stuff, so that you guys can do you know not only you know synthetics, but your whole ecosystem that flourishes on top of you know, protocols built on top of synthetics, Quinta, Lyra, DHedge, Tales, you know, many more. So that's uh, really exciting for us. So you want to go to the, the next slide, Clement? Okay, so for this, for the low latency Oracle design, we need this to be highly performant because the smaller the, the time window and latency we can get, the more we can eliminate this chance of front running. We're also designing this with some custom specifications specifically for you guys on Optimism that we're gonna have this um, set up to have a price available for each L2 Optimism block, right? So that we have a price available per block. And uh, when the uh, transaction comes in to commit to the trade and the trade needs to be settled, they can grab the price for that block and settle that with that validated on chain. And um, the, you know, where's the, where's the data coming from? Where's the, the data, you know, being signed? How is it decentralized? That's all the same. Essentially, what we're doing here is we're taking the same data sources, 
our premium data providers, our decentralized Oracle network. They're applying digital signatures as they do now for on-chain, the same ones that have secured you know, billions and billions of, of value in DeFi as it stands today. And uh, we're just delivering it via different transport mechanism, this off-chain transport mechanism, but it's going to maintain the same you know, cryptographic security and digital signatures that are then going to turn around and be validated on-chain. Now, one of the things that is, um, the reason why this different transport mechanism is important is that as we've seen by tuning the feeds and trying to lower the standard deviation and trying to uh, lower you know, the deviation thre threshold and the heartbeat and the frequency of updates, you're, you're gonna hit an upper limit, right? If we ended up pushing in as fast as possibly could go and just put a price in every single block, there's a couple of disadvantages to that. One, it's not being a very good steward of the blockchain. It's not being a very good member. If we're you know, driving up gas costs and, and wasting storage on putting price updates that we don't even know anyone's actually using, um, that's, that's not really a, a good way forward, right? So this alternate transport mechanism allows us to have you know, the speed and cost efficiency and space efficiency on the blockchain so that it's simply retrieved on demand so that the, the trade that settles that needs the price is the one that has the price. And with this hybrid architecture, we still have the cryptographic guarantees and security that is verified on chain. So now what you have is you have a price just in time for the trade that needs it. And that's all the information that's written on chain. Um, so, so back to that, the individual node signatures from our decentralized Oracle network all flows through, all the way through, which gives us the guarantee that nothing has been modified or monkeyed with in transit. Of course, you know, the digital signatures wouldn't be valid if that was the case. So we have the cryptographic guarantees as well as, you know, the staleness check with an L2 block number to make sure that, you know, everything is, is functioning as it should. Now, one of the other elements that I, I do want to point out that we're, we're pretty proud of in our design is the way that we're encoding the data points. Um, we've developed this in a way with a, essentially like a dynamic decoding method that it's going to be much easier for us to add additional data points to enrich this functionality moving forward. Right now, it's, it's just the price, but there's been asked for various other data points such as best bid and best ask some of the Greeks, other data points that will be um, easier for us to support moving forward with this design. So that's something that we're also pretty proud of as well. Um, if you wanna go to the, to the next slide. All right, so here, this is a kind of an overall um, high level view of the architecture. So on the, the left-hand side, the data providers, the Chainlink decentralized Oracle network, that's the stuff that, that already exists today. One of the things that we're doing is, is tuning that now that we don't have to um, push this data actually on a chain, we can tune that network to be extremely high performant to get this low latency. But it's still going to be digitally signed by each participant in the decentralized Oracle network. And just in case it's not clear how the decentralized Oracle network works, um, each one of those um, nodes in the decentralized Oracle network pulls from multiple data providers. There's then a median of those data providers selected. And then the entire network 
puts those together and chooses a median of medians. And then they exchange that report with each other and they use a lightweight Byzantine fault tolerant consensus algorithm that requires like a two thirds majority to make sure that everybody agrees this is the report. And then that's the final report that is emitted from the Don that we either put on chain or in this instance is gonna be going to our off chain component. And um, that is uh, kind of a lot of information that I've gone over. I'll do a, a brief pause and see if there's um, any, any questions up into this point. Um, and if there's not, you can hold them to the end, that's fine. But I, wanna, I don't wanna go over too much information if anyone has some, some questions that they wanna go over now. I want this to be really you know, interactive too, so that it's not just uh, you know, me up here uh, killing you guys with slides. Yeah, guys, so if you folks have any questions, just kind of drop that in GovHole chat and kind of go through the questions related to this slide or some of the earlier ones. Um, but, you know, yet again, try to try to keep them on task for what, uh, for what Chainlink has currently presented thus far. Okay, thank you, Matt. So uh, as, uh, as some questions, looks like some questions are coming in, but I'll just continue until those come up. Um, so then the on-chain portion is, is going to be very similar, right, except that what we have is uh, you know synthetics can now request the data off chain, and uh, then that comes back to a contract that we're going to deploy on the chain, which is a verified contract, which will verify the digital signatures, and then that gets verified on chain. So this is the the architecture, kind of a nice diagram of what I just described in in the prior one. Okay, so we got a question here: Who are these data providers, and how transparent are they with their feeds? So the way that we select um, these data providers is that we go for, for premium data providers that have broad market coverage. So these are the ones that are going to cover um, centralized exchanges. If the token's traded on decentralized exchanges, then the decentralized exchanges as well. And make sure that we go for the broadest market coverage possible. Um, they have their own aggregation methodologies. We work with these data providers to make sure that um, the aggregation methodologies that they use are not necessarily just like a simple VWAP, but sometimes an aggregated order book, something that actually, uh, you know, tracks volatility much closer than some, some VWAP algorithms. And we work very closely with the core contributors um, and Caleb and Afif and do a lot of data analysis on these to make sure that um, these data providers um, you know, meet all of our standards. Okay. Okay. So hopefully and that just uh, just one additional thing, Roger. Um, with with these data providers, these are the same data providers that are currently being used across Chainlink, right? Just just like um, yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Just just want to make that clear. You know, it's not like um, you know these are new data providers. Not even to say they're new. It's just these aren't you know different data providers that you guys aren't used to. You know, these are yeah. the same ones that are being used across. Uh, across the ecosystem and across Chainlink as of right now. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Matt, for that clarification. That's 100% correct. Yeah, so um, so Soda has a question here. When does it ship? Oh, you guys want me to get to the good part of the way right at the beginning here. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm coming to that. We'll, we'll go over the, the timelines in, in just a slide or two here. Um, the pull base, yeah. So essentially, we're, we're, we've been working with the core contributors on essentially would simulate like a market order where there's a, a commit to trade on a certain block number. And then the fulfillment of that trade is then filled in with the price for that block number. So 
Um, that's part of the mechanisms that we're, we're building into this. And yeah, Matt's right on that. Yeah, Trader would trigger that on the synthetic side. And uh, yeah, okay. Um, so yes, we're targeting this. I'll, I'll come back to this again, but just since it was asked, we're gonna have a system for this ready to test uh, end of year. And then we're looking for this being production ready uh, by the end of January. Now that's a very ambitious goal. And that's assuming that there aren't any unforeseen circumstances that we get security audits that all of our quality checks are in place because we are absolutely um, not gonna release something that's not of the highest standard just to hit an arbitrary date. So, but we, we, feel, we feel good about these aggressive timelines. So I just wanted to, to share that and we can come back to that again. Um, yeah, so let me go through some more of these here. Uh, this one specifically, the first launch of this is designed really for you guys and, and optimism, right? But there's no reason why this wouldn't work on other chains. Uh, yeah, so the verification piece of this, and this will all be, you know, on chain so that you guys can take a look at the code as well. But essentially, it's going to verify that this is the report that includes the price, you know, a timestamp, the L2 block number, and digital signatures from the decentralized Oracle network that, that generated that report. That report is gonna be passed through so that it can be pushed up on chain, pushed into the verify contract and verified on chain. All right, awesome, awesome. Um, I'm gonna leave any of the uh, conversations around comparisons to uh, potential competitor products for another time. I really think that's a, a proper time for this discussion. Um, but I, I do have a question. We can save this to the end on comparisons with like, you know, the current Oracle solution and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, Roger, if you, if you want to continue onwards, I think that was, uh, I think that was a good amount of questions um, to go through. I don't know if you guys have uh, uh, much else to run through. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, just a couple more slides. So, um, All right, yeah, so, so no big deal. And, and Clement, actually, if you want to repost the the last one, the low latency Oracle technical workflow, just to put it at the the top. There we go. Thanks. So this one is is probably a little bit little bit more detail, right? So essentially, we have the the trade initiation transaction that's going to synthetics. Uh, it's like, for example, I say I want to I want to exchange uh, you know five ETH for uh, you know, USDC, and then that's essentially your, your commit to trade. And then the second part of that is finalizing the trade. And in finalizing the trade, um, we're actually going to be using um, uh, EIP 3668, the uh, CCIP read, so that um, that, you know, passes the information, you know, for that particular trade and the block number. We get the information coming back from that as uh, essentially a blob with a digital signature, block number, price, that gets pushed up into a finalized trade through uh, you know, the synthetics contracts. It gets verified. If anything is you know, wrong or anything has been tampered with, right? the digital signature check will fail. And you can, uh, we're gonna return the block number and price. Synthetics can add any additional checks on there if it needs to match the block number exactly it could be off by one whatever kind of uh checks you want in there don't like any of that revert everything else goes correct then then trade is executed 
Okay, um, Clement, if you want to go to the next slide. So yes, the integration considerations, availability. Um, so once again, yes, we're gonna have a testable version of this by end of year. We're shooting for production into January, right? So that's that's what we're aiming for. You know, we feel we feel pretty good about that. Um, we just, you know, it is very aggressive um, as far as a lot of engineering work. And like I said, we won't allow quality uh, to slip to hit an arbitrary date, but. We have weekly meetings with synthetics and we'll be able to provide um, you know updates on the regular uh, you know weekly on the progress ideally you know we want to get you know this in the hands of the core contributors for testing as early as possible to make sure that everything is is aligned um, we had uh, you know a good meeting with them yesterday where we went over some potential code around some of these points where we we highlighted some of these additional features um, the benefits, you know, the additional benefits, you know, this ultra low latency, we're looking at, you know, data providers that can provide updates and sub seconds, um, sub second updates. So between that and uh, OCR, you're, you're looking at, you know, less than um, less than a second or two uh, latency for these and one to be available in essentially every every L2 block. Um, one of the things that's key is, you know, one of the things that we're, we're trying to stomp out here is, is front running. So the mechanism for front running now is they, they watch the price on chain, they watch the price at some other venue as, as potentially a, a leading indicator of what the market's doing, and then they open positions based on the delta, and then try and cash out uh, with, with some risk-free profit. This keeps the prices completely private until the transactions are settled. So they have to commit to trade first. And then when they settle the trade, the price is revealed. So this doesn't give them a starting point to to execute this this kind of uh, front running arbitrage. Um, and then gas efficiency. Um, you know, we've looked at some initial you know gas cost of this. When we take uh, the cost of validating this, um, you know, based on some of the others that we've we've done some tests on, this is going to be a very you know gas efficient uh, solution for this because you know there's no this is going to be a separate report that's that's pushed on chain right this is going to reside off chain until it's actually uh settled so if you want to go to the the last uh, the next slide there clement so summary right you guys you guys pioneered the space in synthetics right um you know we've we've been there you know almost the entire time, the entire, you know, track record, helping you guys secure that reputation. Uh, you know, derivatives, perpetuals market, huge, huge opportunity. Uh, but but also there's there's plenty of risks, right? You guys are, are fully aware of those. And so, you know, we're dedicated to bringing this uh, 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 low latency Oracle, you know, to, together with you guys to to fully unlock uh the the power behind synthetics and the perpetuals market and just you know allow you to increase your competitiveness and uh and then last slide is just a thank you um and then uh yeah any uh we can go back to questions open questions gotta say i i love that you guys made a slide just for the thank you <laughs> But um, no, awesome. That was a that was a great presentation, guys. Really helpful. Really helps to, uh, to just put all of this, you know, deep technical stuff into a uh, you know a very understandable place for for a lot of users. 
especially as this is a you know a pretty large deviation from the way that um, you know DeFi feeds um, you know have been utilized up to now. Yeah, sure. Happy to do it. All right, awesome. I can I can kind of lead into some of the questions that um, that I prepped. Um, just just so we can kind of get into like a summary of everything that was kind of chatted about here. Um, kind of helps with the some of the recording, and then when we put it to YouTube, just so there's like um, you know, just so we kind of bring this all in. Um, so let's let's just kind of go back. This is probably within the first couple slides. Um, let's kind of break down these oracles in the simplest way possible. Um, would you say that like each oracle price that would have been pushed on chain is now saved off chain with a corresponding block number, and then once a person initiates a trade, the price is pulled um, from that block and deemed valid or not? That's that's kind of like a like a summary of of how these off chain oracles are are going to work and the design spec behind them. I know there's a lot yeah. more to it, but. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's absolutely uh, one hundred percent correct. You know, we'll have a, a record of the the price updates per block that that are be available. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I I just like to to summarize some of these things towards the end. Um, and then could we just do like a like a little bit of like a, a comparison from like the current oracles that Synthetix uses that are provided by Chainlink, and then you know this off chain oracle system. Um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, like, like the latency of these and, and so on and so forth, um, you know, it, like it's, it, it's probably just the fact of the matter that, you know, these, these oracles that were created were really, it's not like they were created with the intention of being used for this like super high frequency, you know, trades. Um, and, you know, obviously, as you guys discussed, there's been, you know, many mitigation tools that have been, you know, set up to to stop against any sort of front wing problems. Could you kind of like compare these, these oracles yeah. though? Like in terms of, you know, from like the, um, like the latency side and more like the data side of it in terms of, uh, of that side of things? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So it probably helps to frame it in a little bit of history, right? So if you think about, you know, the initial versions of this, right. it was really just Ethereum, right? So you're, you're dealing with, you know, a relatively slow, uh, small transaction throughput, um, you know, system, and the original design was was you know just just fine for that. And especially if your specific case is like a lending and borrowing protocol, you know, kind of a a, a slow and steady you know broad market price keeps people from getting flash liquidated. You know, any undesirable behavior like that. But now you get the proliferation of L2s. You get faster chains. You get more sophisticated protocols, you know, like the, the recent versions of synthetics. And then you get into a situation where those original design assumptions are not necessarily the best. And back to, as a matter of fact, I think Afif even kind of uh, talked about this in his uh, Twitter spaces on, on Perps uh, B2, is that just writing data faster and faster and faster onto the blockchain, hoping that someone will use that price in a transaction that secures value is not nearly as efficient as having that transport mechanism brought off chain and just bringing it on demand exactly when it's needed because we have to always balance block space we have to balance speed of the network gas costs you know sustainability of that uh, being a good steward to the blockchain and making sure that 
um, if if we put a transaction on there, it is actually value. So I think that's um, really what led us to, hey, you know what, we need to to change some some portions of the design and make sure that this is going to meet this specific you know derivatives use case here that you guys are are after now. How, does that answer it, Matt? Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely makes a lot more sense. I I know a thief had a had a very large uh, data figure. I, I forget the exact number, but it was pretty much saying like ninety seven percent of of you know these these data pushes on chain. Um, let's just say you tried to do this, you know, like what's currently being done with off chain oracles. You tried to put all this data on chain. You're going to end up with probably you know, 90 to 90 something percent of these, um, you know, of all this gas cost is just going to be a waste because there's no trader on the other side of it. So this new pool-based system is, you know, so much more efficient. Um, and then it just helps everyone across the network, you know, like not congesting the whole network with data that's not being used either way. Um, but um, just a, a kind of follow-up to that, do you guys have any like initial estimates on like latency and like what sort of delay would be needed from like, once a trade is committed and a person is assigned a price, would it be like every block? Like, is it, you know, is it the, the block time? Is it like two or three seconds? Is there like some estimate on, on that side of things yet? Yeah, our, our initial testing is, is every block, which, which right now the way Optim is a block. So um, very quick, uh, very quick. Um, and, and we're even looking, you know, ahead towards, you know, the updates of optimism where they're going to be switched to a, a fixed block time, but we still think that it's going to be, you know, sufficient to be within, you know, a second or two latency uh, for, for each one, right? Got it, got it. And, and then with, as optimism improves and, you know, releases something like Bedrock, you're, you're in a situation where these are now like every second or so, right? That, that would still kind of follow with the, the block times. We yeah we did some initial benchmarking on just you know our off-chain reporting capabilities and uh, we can do um, you know you know essentially like like a hundred rounds a second from just the OCR standpoint now there's there's other latency involved in there when we get uh, data sources and latency and network latency but you know with with local test data um, it's it's very fast. Awesome. Awesome. No, no, no. That's a, it's a very helpful, very helpful question. Um, and then just to go back, I, I know you mentioned this in the slides, but um, could you just summarize some of the trust assumptions that, that may or may not change um, for going to an off-chain Oracle system compared to these regular on-chain Oracles? Just want to summarize that one one more time. Hit it down hard. Yeah, exactly. So if you think about the, the mechanisms that we have in place, we have all of our node operators, YC, security checked. You can go to our website and see each and every node operator that's participating in each feed. Um, and that's all going to be the same. And they apply digital signatures at the node level, bind together into the final report. So the only thing that's different is, is when does it land on chain, right? Instead of it landing on chain based on um, a heartbeat or a deviation threshold change, it goes into the off-chain Oracle storage and then is retrieved for settlement of the trade and then it's unpacked and the digital signatures are verified on chain prices revealed block number is matched all those checks are now done on chain yeah i think uh, got it got it awesome so so it's really not too much that is really changing from you know in in regards to trust assumptions you know these are all the same 
data providers and it's just, you know, instead of pushing data on chain based on heartbeat or, you know, amount of seconds or so on and so forth. Um, this is just, you know, you're just pulling data off chain, considering it valid or not. And, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you can think about it as just a different transport mechanism that's, that's cheaper and faster um, and, and on demand, that's, that's really the major thing that's changing. All of the data, the digital signatures, the decentralized data aspects, Byzantine fault tolerance, those all remain true. That's very helpful. Um, and then just a just kind of a follow up to, to all that, um, like upon you know release and and things of that nature, you know I, I know this is a little bit further down the line, but do you guys have any sort of estimates on like what amount of markets you could support upon release in terms of like? No, this is a tough question, and I know most futures trading is for perps and uh, rather is for ETH and BTC anyway. But I, I'm just curious on on like, you know, what amount of data providers you have right now that, that could support, uh, you know, a wide array of markets? Yeah, I mean, clearly um, the, you know, the, the price feeds that we have available for you right now um, is something that we could, we could do. Um, and just as there was a, like a, there was a question, I think, on like how we, how, how we vet our data providers. Um, you know, we, we choose data providers, uh, you know, from, from reputation for one. We also make sure that they're in the business of, of selling accurate data and, you know, they're not doing anything that we would consider, you know, contrarian to our interests. And then we do extensive data analysis and data quality on their actual feed. Um, and, uh, you know, Caleb has been extremely helpful uh, verifying uh, the checks and we work, you know, with him really closely and, and FIFA as well on making sure the data quality is, is good. And so, um, did that did that answer your question or wait a minute i think you asked me one more what was that last one that you said no no no. that that was you know just just kind of saying that, that you could support the current markets you know that we have um and then you know we can obviously uh you know probably go further as as time goes on i think yeah, that was uh, I mean, you know each each uh each market that we add um you know we we do uh a lot of our own data analysis and i know this is sometimes People might be a little bit frustrated in the speed at which we launch feeds, but we we do our own vetting on on liquidity, trading volume, and things like that because everybody you know says they they want a, a chain link price feed, but what they really want is this secure, reliable, unmanipulatable uh, you know price feed. So really, liquidity and the number of trading venues and the number of you know of our data providers that support where the the trading volume is and making sure that it's not false volume or wash trading, um, all of those things factor into our decision because we really, you know, take take time to make sure that when we build something, it's going to be reliable. So that's maybe sometimes frustrating. It's frustrating for me too on the go-to-market side that I can't just say, oh, you want a price feed? It's done this afternoon, you know, but we, we do <laughs> go through a process that uh, um, go through that. Is the vetting data public? I I don't know that we that we publish it, but we certainly share our data with with Caleb, and I'm sure Caleb has you know data that he would be more than happy to share as well. I, not to speak for Caleb, I think he would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. We can kind of I can kind of run through some of the some of the community questions that that have popped up, and then I'll see if any get PM to me or or anything. Um, let's see. 
Okay, so um, one of the first questions is, um, will only SNX have access to this initially? Um, what about other derivative dApps? Uh, you know, we, we really want to, to work really closely with you guys. So, you know, that's, that's the plan that we have in place. Obviously, at, at some point in the future, um, you know, this is something that, you know, probably a lot of people would want, but we're, we're dedicated to working very closely with synthetics for right now. And I see a few other questions. Uh, question, how do you conceal a trade commitment if the commitment is made on chain? We can't conceal the trade commitment, uh, but the price is not revealed after the trade commitment. Got it. Awesome. Um, here, I'm just kind of going through some of these other ones. Um, uh, great, great questions. I, I'll scroll back through. Yeah, and yeah, awesome. So I then get, it looks like the expected ultra latency is, you know, somewhere in the realm of like optimism block time. So you can consider that, you know, two to three seconds or so, somewhere in that realm. Um, yeah. Obviously that's improve true. as optimism improves. Right. Um, yeah. And um, Gumboats is, Gumboats I think is asking more of a, might be like a risk mitigation question or something along those lines. But he's saying what would happen if there's a big discrepancy between push and pull uh, oracles? But I think that's more of like a perps design in, in how they, you know, utilize the oracles. Um, and that's more of, you know, uh, you know, maybe synthetics will utilize the off-chain oracle, but then still, um, you know, this would have to go through governance, but then still say, okay, the price that's coming from the off-chain oracle has to be within X amount of percent of the on-chain one. You know, that, that could be something. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're they're That's primarily going to be the same data sources, so we don't really see um, that they're much of an opportunity for them to be divergent by very much, except the you know the the deviation threshold, right? So I think most of the synthetic feeds are zero point two percent. So uh, clearly the 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 on chain version is still going to function uh, as it does today, and this will be in addition to uh, as a new product. Yeah, gas efficiency comparisons. Um, we'll have to dig up some more details. What we did is we did some analysis on gas on um, some of our competitors uh, and uh, what we estimate our gas uh, to be for, for getting the price and then verifying the price on chain. And those calculations are roughly like that we were about a third of the, the cost, but uh, I'll have to dig up um, the, the calculations from research and see what we can, what we can share on those. Awesome, awesome. I, I've got some more questions from, from the community on, on the side. Um, what, what it, um, as it relates to signature aggregation, does, does the contract check all signatures individually or is there some kind of like off-chain aggregation happening um, for that side of things? So, so the off-chain aggregation happens between the nodes and then they come up with a price report and then all the nodes sign that. So what can be verified on chain is that the members of the, of the decentralized Oracle network uh, can all have the digital signatures verify that they are all the ones, the nodes that, that sign that data. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes a good amount of sense. Thank you, Roger. Um, I've got two more from, from some community ones. 
Um, does the on-chain contract save the latest price for other users to use, or is it only that one user can use the, the off-chain price at, at that particular time? Um, like, you know, if there's a lot of people pulling these off-chain prices on-chain, it, I mean, it could almost start to be used as, as like a purely, uh, you know, on-chain oracle at that point. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, the design is really for um, the report to be uh, used in the in the settlement trade, but uh, you know that that becomes part of the public blockchain. You could certainly take a look at those. Uh, there'll be uh, you know a lot of caching on the uh, the delivery side per per block. Um, does that does that answer the question? Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of more so of a question of like um, like would would multiple people be able to use that that like same price at, like at that very time? You know, like if they both initiate a trade at around the same time. Yeah. I mean, if they're if they are all getting like when it when optimism switches to a fact that um, each transaction is not its own block, which I think is the way it, it functions now, um, then yes, if they are in the same block, they would get the same price. Got it. Got it. Okay, because it's it's pulling the price as related to that one block. Um, and then just just one more, and then I'll and I'll go over to Millie's question because I know he had one. Um, is the is the historical like off chain price data stored? And like, if so, like how far back would this would this data be accessible to to users? Um, that's that's probably an open design question. Um, clearly, um, the the main design of this is for really low latency. Uh, but but we definitely will will store via logging or database or something you know for if if nothing else instrumentation and and analysis um, how far back we allow history to be retrieved um, you know that's still kind of an open design question. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate that answer. Yeah. Um, no. Millie had a question. Um, if a trade is rejected because the price deviates within a block, does the user still pay the gas associated with the pull? Um, it looks like Afif has, has answered that question. Now, I don't know if you want to review that, Roger. Yeah, so there, there, isn't, there isn't really going to be... Yeah, no, Afif's right. It's really how you guys decide uh, to, for that to work, right? Because we're just going to do the verification and then really hand that back... Uh, to, to the synthetics contracts to decide how they want to handle Got it. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like another risk mitigation question and like how they're, you know, and, and how the synthetics governance and so on decides to treat these, these prices that are yeah, being exactly. Awesome. Looks like we've got a, uh, looks like we've got a gas estimation question for you, Roger. Yeah, we, we, we're looking at this one between, and these are rough estimates, which we'll, we'll sure up later, but around, uh, you know, 200 to 250 gas, 200, 250,000 gas. All right, awesome. I got that back to him. Um, yeah, that's, that's all the questions I have from my side. We'll kind of leave this for, you know, community questions for the next couple minutes or so. Um, so, yeah.
right. So I, I think we should be all good on the community questions. Just want to say, you know, thank you to you guys on the Chainlink side. This was a fantastic presentation. Um, really helpful, really helpful in explaining how these off-chain oracles work and, you know, how they're at the same trust assumptions to, uh, you know, to what Chainlink is at right now. And, you know, even further, um, it just shows how badly synthetics needs a solution like this. You know, it's just so important um, to scaling perps and it's a, you know, it's a core tenant of perp V2. So I'm, I'm really happy we were able to bring you guys on and, and discuss all that. And, you know, also, uh, you know, discuss a little bit about the deep partnership um, that Chainlink and Synthetics have had for, for so many years now. So thank you so much guys for coming on. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, you know, to everyone for listening. Um, Roger, I'll hand it back over to you if you, if you have anything else you want to uh, close off with. Um, uh, but yeah, okay. thank you so much. Oh yeah, thank you, Matt, and and thanks everyone for you know the the detailed questions and for the time. I know everybody's super busy nowadays, and I just wanted to you know close out with uh, I know that um, you probably don't see a lot of you know chain link people you know in the Discord you know in, in the community, um, but you know behind the scenes with the core contributors we we meet sometimes two times a week, and uh, you know we we've kind of intentionally don't want to have a community think like we're trying to exude undue influence but if the community you know wants you know more more involvement or, or anytime has any questions we're always here we're happy to to jump on a call we're uh, always happy to 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 chat with you guys we we love the community so thank you so much for your time i'll hand it back to you matt thank you roger no, I just want to say again, thank you so much uh, to you guys from Chainlink for coming. It was a great presentation. I know, you know, this is, you know, this was definitely very helpful for those folks in the audience that came. Um, very, very great attendance numbers as well, Roger. You know, you're a very popular figure. Um, and it looks like we got Chainlink God here as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone in the audience. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do another one of these Spartan spaces next week. We'll probably return back to Twitter spaces at that point. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for coming and we'll get a uh, recorded version of this, um, on YouTube ASAP and we'll get the transcripts, um, over to YouTube as well. Um, so thank you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye guys.